And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, the podcast about loud public love rants, running in public with no pants, and floppy-haired Hugh Grants. We're your hosts. I'm Allie. And I'm Mia. P.S. I Love Rom-coms is a podcast where each week, Allie and I, rom-com fangirls, try to answer that age-old question, which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? This month, we're doing something a little bit special as Allie and I take a closer look at holiday rom-coms because love at frost sight is snow laughing matter. <laughs> Nailed it, Mia. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> um, joining us today are the hosts of Hella in Your 30s, a com podcast about conquering your dirty 30s. And if they were in a rom-com, they'd be a couple who plan a romantic night out at a hip Manhattan eatery only to have their identity mistaken by two mafia men and end up in a wild and dangerous series of crazy adventures. <laughs> Give it up for Nick Casolini and Muriel Montgomery. Oh, yeah. Hi guys. I love that intro. Very good. Oh my gosh. Um, and Nick and Muriel, speaking of who you would be in a rom-com, we'd like to start off each episode with a little segment called Which Rom-Com Hero or Heroine Are You Channeling? Where we equate the experiences we've had this week with the famous rom-com hero or heroine. Um, I can kick us off. This week, I am channeling one of my favorite rom-com heroes, which is Peter Brenner from the rom-com Forgetting Sir Marshall. And he does a classic sort of um, cleanup montage that mostly is for the men in the rom-coms. You know, it's a little, it's a little bit gendered, um, but it uh, applies to me constantly. So, um, you know, he, he goes through this montage where it's like he hasn't been taking care of himself. He goes to Hawaii because of a breakup. And then he goes to Hawaii and then um, he learns his lessons. And when he comes home, he like, cleans up his apartment. He puts on real pants and um, he finishes his rock opera. And I... <laughs> yeah finally after months have finished a baby blanket for my nephew <laughs> i thought you were gonna say rock opera for sure <laughs> no i have um i finished my baby blanket that i've been working on for so long and so that i finally completed that i um my dog who has made it impossible for me to get a full night's sleep for going on four months has just recently stopped doing this thing where he goes to sleep on the floor and then an hour later wakes up in the dark confused and cries until I turn on the light and then he comes back yeah. to the bed and then he goes back to the floor and does it again so he stopped that now now he gets it he's like okay I'll sleep in the bed and if I go to the floor I get that if I wake up I'll just come back to the bed so <laughs> I'm sleeping full nights I finished the baby blanket and I am kind of working out so nice. I am Whoa, just, Mia. I, I know I'm just a rom-com <laughs> boy, <laughs> just, uh, completing tasks and taking care of myself. And, um, and that's who I'm channeling this week. Allie, who are you channeling? Oh my gosh. That's incredible. I haven't worked out in maybe a year. Um, Why would but... you? Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> um, man, okay. I guess I'm going to cop out here a little bit, but I think I'm channeling Bridget Jones from <gasps> Bridget Jones's Diary only because, okay, so, you know, there's that, and well, you know, that is the rom-com we're talking about today, but there's that scene where she you know, cooks this big dinner and it turns out into, you know, she makes like blue soup uh, as her famous thing. She just, Classic. you know, botches it completely. And um, I had this big plan where I was going to make this mango custard tart. And I was so excited to make this mango custard tart. And, um, you know, I didn't read the instructions super carefully and I did a little improvising which is something you can do in cooking but not in baking and um, <laughs> I ended up like um, making two mistakes and I ended up boiling the custard which is where you oh. overcook the custard until it gets kind of like um, kind of like the like the consistency of like an old person's skin and then um, I didn't um, like sieve my puree and so like um, there were like little bits of like mango string in it so it kind of oh, tasted no. like kind of like um, a hairy old person's skin <laughs> so that's who I'm channeling 
you know, I have good intentions, but you know, the follow through is not great. Uh, but yeah, that's who I'm channeling. Muriel, who are you channeling this week? Oh man, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling because I don't know a lot of rom-coms. I feel like I might cop out too and say Bridget Jones's diary, the friend who says fuck all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I've got this really aggressive energy. I'm dealing with our, I was saying earlier, I was dealing with our foster cat who I love to death. Like I am obsessed with her. She's like a big fat yummy cat. Uh, she doesn't do anything I want her to do. And I'm kind of constantly like trying to figure out how to like my base energy with animals and children is like playful aggression. <laughs> like, what do you want? Do you want me to get you? I'm going to like, that's how my dad was with me. I think so. Like <laughs> some kids love me and some kids are like, no, same thing with animals. So I just like, like something about this animal that I love. It's just bringing out this, like, you don't love me. Well, I'm going to snuggle you to death. <laughs> um, I think I'm channeling. I get, okay. So I get that this is probably not a romantic comedy, mm -hmm. but it's one of my all time most favorite comedies. It's hilarious. And I find it to be really romantic. Like I think about it all the time. And the movie is my cousin. I Vinny, knew it. Because I just, <laughs> I just think like, I think about Marissa Tomei and Joe Pesci's relationship all the time. And I think that I'm uh, heavily channeling Joe Pesci in that movie right now. Just like, like I'm waking up all the time. I can't get any sleep. Our foster cat for one is just like constantly waking us up. And that's like a running bit in that movie is that you can never get a good night's sleep. And he wakes up and is like furious in the, all hours of the night. So that's <laughs> happening to me hardcore. Plus I sort of feel like, everywhere I like everything I'm doing is kind of failing in the way that he shows up to court and like doesn't like no can't operate correctly but it's sort of like the end results kind of keep working out a little bit yeah. and you're like no I've got a master plan here like I might not know all the orders of operations but I think we're gonna win the case you know what I mean I think we're gonna have my little cousin acquitted or whatever that's how I feel right now I feel like I'm gonna free my family I really like the op Optimism. Yeah, I feel great. Yeah. Well, you know, Joe Pesci is an eternally optimist scoundrel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I identify so much with the lack of sleep part. It's, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> it's, 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 sleep is everything. It wasn't, I was, I was at the dark night of the soul until I had my first good night of sleep two nights ago. It's insane. Um, <laughs> Our cat now, she was doing this at four, but this morning, every night, morning at six. She crawls on your back like a big sack of jello and then just like, purrs. And it's very Aww. cute, but it's also Aww. like, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is when you want to be cute and cuddle. Really? And the rest of the time, you just want to bite me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, speaking of not having the best self care, Due to, <laughs> due to lots of factors. Should we get into our movie discussion? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so this week we watched the 2001 romantic comedy, Bridget Jones's Diary. In this film, Bridget Jones, played by Renee Zellweger, decides after a harsh comment from Mark Darcy, played by Colin Firth, at a New Year's Eve party, that she's going to turn her life around and keep track of her progress in a diary so that she won't be single next New Year's. However, things get complicated when her boss, the office bad boy Hugh Grant, starts flirting with her. <laughs> Bridget Jones was written by Richard Curtis, Andrew Davies, and Helen Fielding and directed by Sharon McGuire. The film was based off of Helen Fielding's novel, Bridget Jones's Diary, which is a reinterpretation of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, I told also you. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like, it is like it is or isn't it? And then it's like, of course, of course it is. Also, Zellweger's titular performance garnered her an Oscar nomination for Best Actress, which makes sense because she's a Texan, which I didn't know until yeah. today. <laughs> um, so you guys, what are our first initial thoughts on the film? And um, for, for our lovely guests, was this um, anyone's first time seeing it? It was my first time. <gasps> I had never <gasps> seen it. And I knew it was one of those iconic ones when I, you sent out the list of possible movies. I was like, that one. I got to see that one. You well, know? my favorite part about watching the movie was how little Nick understood about what was going on. I didn't even really understand the plot until you just read it to me. No, I did not. Like, it like did not compute. We were like t maybe 25 minutes in and Nick is like, he's, he's talking about Colin Firth. He's like, is that guy supposed to be like 
attractive. <laughs> yeah. like, you just thought everyone was harassing her. <laughs> it just like it did not compute as romantic on any level. I was watching this, like, because you say, okay, the bad boy flirts with her, and he's just like clearly just being mean to her and sexually harassing her, and. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I I like we I had to rewind that scene because he's like they're talking in code about the skirt she's wearing. He did or something. not understand that. I did all. not understand it <laughs> at all. Like yes. on this really it, fundamental level, it's got to be crazy to see it for the first time in 2020 and not as a nine-year-old when that's the reality <laughs> of the world. Yeah, but even seeing this movie after the Me Too movement, it's definitely it's it's different upon watching. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it more than it. I think the other thing is, is there, did you have a problem with the British accent? I can't understand British accents. <laughs> I was just like, well, como? Like, uh, I just didn't know what was going on at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Renee Zellweger, whatever it is, she won an Oscar for that? No, just nominated. <laughs> nominated? But being be nominated she- for a rom-com is a huge deal and she was like and yeah and also like just a little bit about like her and her casting choice was like at the time so this movie was based off of this uh british novel bridget jones's diary and it was like a really really popular book in britain and then they're making it into a movie and like a bunch of british actresses like auditioned for it like helena bonham carter auditioned for it kate winslet auditioned for it like Every like all these oh like, Tony Collette actresses, yeah, but she was already on Broadway. Um, but um, Tony Collette and then Renee really auditioned good. for it. And when people found out that a like American woman from Texas got the part, like British people were so mad. And then like <laughs> Renee to like make up for it, I think like put a lot of effort into it, and she like gained twenty pounds for the movie, and she like did like extensive British like. She got like extensive like British she, accent. She spent three months in London working at a publishing company under the name Renee Cavendish. What? Oh no, Bridget For Cavendish. A rom-com role, <laughs> and nobody recognized her. And it, and she had a picture of Jim Carrey on her desk because that was her boyfriend. And everyone was like, "Why does that Bridget lady have a picture of Jim Carrey?" <laughs> she was th- that was her boyfriend. They were yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's pretty cool. I no, she. I actually I, thought she was. Really I liked good. her too. I thought she was great too. I thought she was British. I, when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, I didn't know she was British, you know. But I. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Who else? Who won? Do you guys know who won the Oscar that year? No. No. I'll look it up. Okay. Good. Sorry. I didn't mean to throw. No, because I. No. No. That's a computer. good point. But, I. But I also remember how big of a deal. Actually, no, I'll come back to this because I don't want to get too derailed. We'll get to the weight gain because it was a huge deal at the time, I remember. But, um, but uh, Muriel, would you, would, it was this, this was not your first time. I've seen it. I always kind of liked it. I mean, it's like, it's delightful. And I also think parts of it are genuinely really funny. I laughed like, a few yes. It's actually like funny. I think that uh, none, I have always felt like none of the relationships are, at all um, appealing to me. So mm-hmm. like, I think I always just thought Hugh Grant was like, the, like so corny. Even as like a young person watching it, like in t- 2001 or whatever, I never really got into that. And then Colin Firth is so pouty to me. <laughs> One thing that I also didn't remember is that like, they know each other for like two seconds before she's like in love with him, right? Like. They've Colin like Firth. literally never had a conversation. Yeah, all he, he says is like, dinner. I like you as you are. And then that she decides that's enough to fall in love with him. They're also like childhood friends, right? I think they're like- But not good not enough because really, they show up they, to the party that the mom is trying to introduce them at. And, and they, they don't like, even remember they don't, each other. They barely recognize each other. Because they were babies. I mean, like you, they never have talked. <laughs> no, he remembers her later. And it's more of in this world, it's more about running into each other. And in a lot of rom-coms, that's sort of enough, right? It's the fact that you're constantly yeah. running into each other and I've, in those cumulative, com- you know, by the end of the year, oh, uh-oh, you actually spent almost the year together because at every mm-hmm. important event, there's the person you the keep person running and, into. And I'm I, putting my phone, I don't think so. Because all their conversations are literally like, like, well, what are you doing? Oh, you're wearing a sweatshirt. And then they like walk away. <laughs> like, like there's <laughs> that scene where they're like on paddling boats and like 
Renee is laughing in her boat as he's, like they don't talk. He's, he's watching. No, her. but he's like looking at her from afar, and he's like watching her, and he's like, "That's the kind of woman I want to be with—one that can exactly. laugh at herself and, and publicly splash drunk. around in an English lake." See, when, at that point, that deep into the movie, I was still like, "Why is that?" boring ugly guy still here like oh my gosh he was just he was, he's like i just did not understand like when she's like oh my mom's supposed to introduce me to a to some guy they're usually lame and then he turns around and it's him i was like oh okay so this is clearly a lame guy like oh i, I just that part <laughs> guys I, like watching the matrix or something i was like it's I Firth. It's, it, this is honestly beautiful that people could have such different tastes because the whole is, time i'm beautiful. watching it i just kept being like oh my god british is my type like i was so <laughs> over the moon about about hugh grant and specifically colin firth like colin firth like chocolate brown eyes big watery saucers and he's just like i like you or when, when she's like is it one in four or one in three marriages that end in divorce and he's like one in three. One in three. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I was pining like for him. guys. I love, I was just like, oh my God, I think British is, is like a, a category of mine. Because I think the first scene with Hugh Grant in the elevator, I think he's so hot when the elevator dings <laughs> open. And it's just like, he's clearly just like an asshole and is like su is super hot. And then I think Colin Firth is adorable the whole movie. I don't know why. <laughs> but also, and this is interesting. It's hard, but it's like, so I watch this movie every year, if not more than once a year. Mm -hmm. I probably saw it in theaters or like on DVD. I own the DVD. Aww. I love this movie. <laughs> but also there is this like weird thing, specifically with Richard Curtis movies, but specifically with like movies made by men before like 2015, which is that like, it's unacceptable, right? And we know that. And we know that like um, a lot of this movie is unacceptable, but it's like, because I saw it when I was like nine or 10 and like, that was the world I knew. It's like, I can't help. I just swoon. I just swoon <laughs> for the movie. And I will say, and it's in its defense, because this is, we have the same issue with love actually, where it's like, everyone mm -hmm. is like being pursued by their boss and it's like really inappropriate but the one thing I do appreciate about this movie is my one main issue the one thing I struggle with liking rom-coms is that it's so hard to reconcile like these meet cute stories with sort of like the constant harassment I face as a woman in my daily life like it's very funny I always think it's comical that it's like you just sort of can't have that in a rom-com even though it's like you're being screamed at <laughs> like upset yeah. and, yeah. and then yeah. you have to go to a meeting and like be normal and so I actually even though it was like fucked up and maybe not the intention I actually loved just like that they were like being like, yeah, and, and this like, this is what it's kind of like to be a woman, especially in 2001. And I was, so I, I weirdly appreciated that, that like, that like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel sometimes. Yeah, I can um, see that for sure. Yeah, but I don't yeah. think that's the intention. That's me being extremely generous and specifically having a bone to pick with that. Um, like, how do I reconcile my love of rom-coms with the fact that as a woman, you do just like you are like... <laughs> Attacked, attacked like, a lot during the yeah. day. Well, and if you're Bridget Jones, you're also attacked by every <laughs> woman that's even stands next to a man. You know, so mean. The, they're they're so like, mean. <laughs> like it was just like, like I watched that and I was like, oh, I, I hate British people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, the American woman's the worst when she's just like, I thought you said she was thin, and it's like, okay, right? She oh. is thin. This is she's yes. <laughs> I, uh, watching, uh, uh, like Mia, I've seen this movie many a times. I probably watch it once a year. I also have it on DVD. Um, <laughs> I, um, I love it. And I, something I noticed this time, this past viewing of it, something I really, really liked is, and this is going to sound so weird and so specific, but I love Bridget Jones's hair in it. And I love how oh. her hair is sometimes greasy in it. I also really yeah. liked her greasy hair. I did too. I, and Renee, I can't say her last name. Whatever it is, R Renee Z is cool. Like that lady, and she cracked me up a few times. She was funny. And I love, and, and well, it was when she got out of the wind blown. <laughs> So when she like loses her bonnet thing in a car and then her hair is all windblown and she gets out and it's supposed to be messy, but I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I did. Like, I thought Renee Zellweger did a great job. I mean, it is sometimes when you think about like Oscars, but that's not against Renee Zellweger. It's like, there's so many people that win Oscars 
against people who I feel like are so good. And you're like, that guy? Like, they're always no. confusing. People. So Allie just looked it up, and it was actually Halle Berry one. Wait, did you say oh, for, yeah. James, for, for James Ball. Bond? No, for Monster Bond. Bond. <laughs> 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 Oh my god! Uh, well, that's an yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Holly Berry's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, really well, good. you know what? I remember being like present in like in that time, that cultural moment. People were obsessed with the fact that she gained weight for the role. It was a huge deal. I honestly think that's where the Oscar nom comes from is the accent and the weight gain because it was a huge deal. I remember, like, I remember, like, there was like magazine articles about it, and um, and then it's like George Clooney does that for Syriana, and like nobody cares. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's not. It's ridiculous. She looks great. Yeah. Oh, she looks like she looks adorable. I love. Well, and also not heavy or out of shape in any way, shape. She's like super great shape. She puts on the Spanx, and you're like, "What are you wearing?" (laughs) It makes no sense. It's not. Yeah. (laughs) And it's and it's. I don't know if it's a Richard Curtis thing necessarily, but it's just unfortunate that it's on his hands because he loves to put beautiful and it's not it's the book so it's different but it's like in every Richard Curtis movie there is like a smoking hot woman who's like I'm so ugly and you're always just like that's Rachel McAdams that's that model from baby driver you're just like shut (laughs) up I also feel like something I noticed along with like like the greasy hair um and kind of like a fun there was like a a fun like subversion of a trope that I really appreciated that I didn't really catch until this this viewing as well which is like there's like a makeover sequence like usually it's like oh like women like you know to make themselves appealing to men like do a makeover sequence and this one was very like graphic and gruesome and really funny and when where she's like like doing some like self-waxing stuff yeah yeah, and when I saw that I was like I, I sometimes play this game with myself when I watch rom-coms where it's like, did a man direct this or did a woman direct this? And when there was that like kind of like gritty like makeover scene where like she's just like like ripping hair out of, um, you know, all, you know, the cracks and crevices, I, I was like, a woman directed this. <laughs> a woman. <laughs> you know what's yes. so funny? I love that point and I think it's true, but I also thought the uh, the – the thing that stuck out to me was the waxing strip was in the wrong place. <laughs> like, I feel like they thought if they really had it on her vagina and it <gasps> came straight up, they would not be able, like it came from the side thigh. Like it came from like <laughs> over here. She's like, ah! and of course, like, you know, she, we infer it, but it definitely was like, I was like, oh, I wonder if it was just too much to just have it come straight up from the vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And also the year. It's like, I feel like that I felt that that scene walked so that the crazy ex-girlfriend sexy yes. getting ready song could run, which I don't know yeah, if you're exactly. familiar. Yeah. yeah, yeah where she that. waxes yeah. her butthole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nipsey Hussle was in that episode. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then he he does like the whole outro where he like uh, calls ex-girlfriends and is like, hey, I didn't I didn't realize like. Oh, how much yeah. work it was for you to get ready. I'm sorry yeah. I didn't appreciate you or whatever. <laughs> Nipsey also like learns a lesson at the like as the during the credits of that episode or whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh, amazing. Also R R I P. Yeah, yes, okay, R.I.P. Nipsey Hussle. R.I.P. Sure. Nipsey Hussle. Uh, my, my favorite part of the Bridget Jones that we cracked up, we had to rewind it, was when the dude started getting into a fight and then the friend runs into the- <laughs> Oh, the Greek <laughs> restaurant? Into the restaurant. And he's so like, bye, bye. And everyone runs out and is so pumped for the fight. And then it's in a Greek restaurant and they just sing happy birthday. That fight scene was very good. Oh, that was oh my gosh. Best. And that was so funny in that particular part. Well, oh, when they when they stop the fighting to join in singing "Happy Birthday" <laughs> yeah. as oh these like God. polite British men, <laughs> yeah. so funny. Well, I think he goes like he goes, fight, fight. <laughs> yeah. it's a real fight, it's a real fight. <laughs> also, my favorite thing I didn't notice until this viewing is that after it's like everyone's gonna run out, but then they show it and it's just like four waiters, yeah. <laughs> four <laughs> waiters on the street clapping for the fight. Yes. So funny. Uh, there really is. I can really relate to that because I, if there's two people that seem like they've got their wits about them who want to fight each other in the street, 
I will always watch. It's very, I am a big fan. <laughs> if it seems even and they're both consenting. Uh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's, and it's, you know, what's crazy is it wasn't choreographed at all. There was well, no choreographed. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, like hitting each other with the insides of their arms. Yeah, oh right. Like, they land a couple of mean knockout blows, but there is some wrestling in there that looks It's like. really funny. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's great. I like that a lot. That was another point where I was like, I think a woman directed this because like it's, it's so lame like they're fighting in the street where they're like almost like it looks like they're roughly hugging each other yeah, it's right, like right. oh yeah we're laughing just, at like these men who uh, are like trying to, to show fight. off their testosterone but they're just which, hugging which is, each other that's also what i want out of a fight as well like if i were to see one in the street that's what i want because i i don't know two guys from my high school d did a fight one time they and we did all like <laughs> And then we all like walked to go. Obviously, I was like in a very suburban high school, and we like went to go watch the fight. And it was like I was awful. I was so sad. I hated it, <laughs> yeah. and it was sad. And one of the guys was much stronger, and I felt I was like we shouldn't be here. This is bad. So I like it when it's funny. And nobody yeah. knows how to fight, and we have to sing happy words. Or like when Colin Firth falls on the table and is like, "I'm so sorry. I will pay." Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's something about, like, say what you will about Richard Curtis. He's the guy that they, like, later brought in to do a rewrite of the script and is, like, mm -hmm. grandfather of rom-coms, does Love Actually, Notting Hill, Four Weddings and a Funeral, all these, like, British rom-coms. About time. About time. That um, he is so funny. And the jokes in his movies are so great. And it's their um, – one of my favorite running bits is that same friend who runs in for the fight is when, so he, this, he's like a one hit wonder who's kind of famous. And when he thinks the old couple is wanting to, um, comp like ask him about his music and he's yeah. like, he's like, uh, yes, it's me. No, no plans to record. Thank you. And then the old man's just like, you're on my wife's coat. And I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, that's so funny. And it doesn't have to be in the movie. And I love that. <laughs> the joke that just really, I didn't understand what was going on at all is when she shows up to the party and she's dressed like a playboy bunny. Oh my God. I had to explain that to I swear to God. At one point I just go, it's tarts and stickers. And I was like, what are you saying? Hearts <laughs> and bickers. I was like, he's what just, is that? Look, he's just like a breeze. He's I just, just did. Like it just was like literally zero for me. I could not. I didn't. well, even after we like established what that meant, you were just like, well, then why? Why are they dressed like that at the party? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> oh like my god. <laughs> I, I, I do remember that being confusing when I was a kid and saw it. Cause I was like, I don't understand. I also didn't understand why adults would be doing it. Um, what about a 37 year old man? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I know. I know. Cause the thing is, is like when I was little, I feel like I was able to grasp you know, complicated <laughs> concepts. Sure. I, you know, I read the outsiders. I knew, you know, I, I, could, I could handle some storylines and stuff. Yeah. This, this, I, this, this I do think that the, I, I also remember being confused at that part because, you know, this movie's based off of a popular book. So I'm sure they thought like, you have to catch those like one little, like one liners where it's like, you didn't receive the invite. Um, but like, yeah, that part was a little bit, uh, confusing as well yeah but and um i mean what did you uh, think as a little kid if you could re so you guys said you were nine years old when that came out so we're older than you we were like in high school when this came out yeah so when the uncle is like groping her in public for the entire family to see like did that ever think like like did you ever think like oh that's funny like good like that's a funny bit because it was presented <laughs> as a funny bit it wasn't yeah. presented as like the scary thing that this poor girl has to like navigate, right? It was yeah. presented as like, how goofy is that? I, I, I consider like most things I saw like that in childhood and young adulthood as like um, reflections of the world I grew up in, which was like, I just do remember being like a young woman and like having to deal with older lecherous men and being like, there's no, um, there's no like foundation for uh, like, managing that and so then it's like a, I don't know yeah I do right I remember being like sort of a common punchline so it didn't seem weird to me uh -huh. it didn't seem funny like it, it made me upset like I was yeah. like ew but I'm also like oh but that happens like right. all okay. isn't that yeah, yeah. yeah it's such also, a common like, thing I, I feel like too like that guy's painted as like a creep like oh there's like that old creep who you know like 
He's like, you know, always massaging your shoulders when you don't want a shoulder massage, except right. in this case, he like, they took it a little further with like the butt touch. Which yeah, is like, full on like butt grabs in front yeah. of the whole family. Yeah. I, I did appreciate having her commentary constantly yeah. of like being like, I hate uh, this guy. Or then when it's like tits pervert, her, who's like her, one of the higher up star company pit. Fitz, Fitzherbert, Herbert, Herbert, who's constantly looks at her boobs and has no idea who she is. It was almost like that, that, yeah, having her commentary, bringing in the voice of the audience and also being like, this is a time when she also, in 2001, where you can't, you, you don't necessarily have like the agency. You won't have the support if you do say something, right? Like if you do stop, like I, it was nice. Yeah, I agree. I, having her commentary well, on had, it made it She helpful. had definitely like a, like <laughs> something about like everything rolls off her back. You know, like constantly. I mean, I do think that's part of it too. It's like, she's yeah, just like what, whatever. Like, yeah, like right. Character choice, and that is something to me that was the most realistic part in some ways. Like, I definitely know women who are just like, or people, you know, were like something I would be like really confrontational about. They're just like, I don't oh know. my god, like, the cheating. Yeah, when she I mean, when she was like, oh, silly Bridget, you haven't just met her, you know, and she's just like, ah. Damn, you know, and you're like, that's bad. That's like, right, right. Well, well and then, then her dad, you know, yeah. like, like her mom goes and literally moves in and has a bunch of like intense sex with that guy from the home shopping <laughs> network. <laughs> and then she comes home and she's like, well, you know, he was kind of a jerk. Is it okay if I move back in? She didn't even apologize. Yeah, right. Her dad's just like, of course you can, you silly cow. Yeah. I don't work without <laughs> you. It's he calls her a daft cow. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then and then when um, the Firth comes back at the end and is like, I'm, I actually do love you. She never once says, oh, did you break up with the other girl? Yeah, Nick was like, like what happened to the fiance? You Natasha, know? expendable. Natasha. <laughs> she, she, there's never like any follow-up to be like, okay, is that relationship now over? Yeah, and that's that's why I would like to just coin here in this moment as rom-com dream logic, you know, <laughs> where it's like, it doesn't, of course, oh my God, a real life to break an engagement with your <gasps> work partner? Were they ever engaged or was See, like the father just being like, I hope they get engaged soon kind of I a thing. I thought that. That's, we had a fight about that. I didn't, I thought I didn't understand. <laughs> I was so deep in the not understanding what was going on at that point. That I, that's what Muriel explained to me and I thought, oh, that kind of makes sense. I, I thought that they were, every time I've seen it, I thought they weren't engaged, but this time I did because I agree when the dad does it, it's like, oh, they're not engaged, but then she like she's like clearly lying and looks at him and is like, I begged him not to say anything. Right, yeah. So then no. I'm like, okay, or at least maybe they were talking about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah. I agree. In real life, to break off an engagement and move back to your home country for someone that, as we've noted, you don't know super well, that would be a huge dramatic shift. Yeah, In rom -com yeah. land, the one-dimensional exes are one-dimensional for a reason. Because <laughs> yeah. when uh, when you gotta hit the road and they hit the pavement, you just gotta forget. And uh, uh, um, my, my favorite part of the movie, I think was the speech at the um the book the kafka's motorcycle and they're like the greatest novel ever written or something like that and then there's like salman rushdie's there like, yeah, right. the way she does that is so funny it's like except for you and you so it's a good book yeah yeah, I thought that was very believably painful. As like yeah. her, her character gave being bad at public speaking. I was like, oh, we feel the horribleness. <laughs> or when she goes, when she yelled no after the engagement. <laughs> we were dying. That was so embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I do that's, oh. that's the reason why she got cast in the part was because <laughs> she was so good. Renee was so good at like straddling the line between being funny, but also being like emotional that yeah. it was like, cause these moments are so funny, but they're also like, so she just ends up in so many like cringy Ugh. moments. Yeah. Um, and like, I was just like, I, I was impressed at Renee. I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. Zellweger. <laughs> yeah. Say con I'm just going to say confidently. I'm just going to barrel through. I think Renee Zellweger, you know, had great. <laughs> There's no end timing. Yeah. Had great comedic timing. Yeah. Uh, yes. 
She's funny. I mean, oh, she was really funny. The, my, one of my favorite parts I always forget about, because of course you do, is the opening intro to All By Myself is so oh, yeah. funny. Yeah, When she's, she's just drunk, scream singing that song. <laughs> <laughs> right. But all of a sudden I was like, wait, why is she alone? Like, you know, I, I was just like, she seems so normal. Like the hot mess that she was is like i Very think in today's standards would yeah. be like oh she has her shit together she has a job and an apartment like you know what i mean <laughs> you know? totally totally I think, no I, I think it's 2001 standards it, like that's yeah 2001 like, and then also rom-com standards like i rewatched yeah. i rewatched um an ugly truth because i have you no taste it. and um <laughs> in it it's like you see katherine heigl and she's just like literally a perfect human being um and she's like fun to watch but then to watch that and then watch you know renee zellwenger in this it's just like it, it felt so it was like oh i'm watching myself like it yeah. felt really lovely um and i was like oh that's why this movie you know i think was so popular is i think like a lot of women in 2001 are like wow i finally see somebody that's like me up there instead of someone who's like um model who only wears bodycon dresses yeah right. and it's still it is still usually referred to in these films as either like unattractive or like overweight in a way that's when they're like stick you know to use bridget jones like an american stick bug or like super hot it's like it's so weird to grow up in a time where it's like all these super hot women or in these movies are like i'm just i'm just have glasses on and i'm ugly <laughs> <laughs> it was also nice to see two I think hot British men fight over her. Like, it's like, yes, yes this woman is worthy of having two men fight over her. And yeah. like, that was just nice to see as well. I thought the thing that was the most hilarious thing that didn't work was the slow motion parts were, <laughs> do you guys notice those? No, there were like five slow motion parts in no, the fight. No, just in general. <laughs> they were like, I, I noticed slow motion with, the oh. close-up kiss of Hugh Grant. That like, happened. There's like running in slow motion. The, There's the like bathroom scene. Bridget. Yeah, yeah. With with Natasha or Nat Nat yeah. yeah, and the, she walks in. The American like, woman. It's like slow motion when she walks in and she's like yeah. naked with a giant mock-up of a book. And I think like it was slow motion after the fight when um, Firth walks away and she like considers him in the snow. <laughs> slow motion. Those parts, I was like, after the third one, I was like, this guy's, this is a heavy handed slow motion situation. <laughs> okay, here's something I'm, I'm interested from um, kind of like a, maybe like a for a first time viewer of Bridget mm -hmm. Jones's diary how hot did we think the kissing was because I I'll say like we've watched a lot of rom-coms and I'd say the kissing in this movie was a I'd say a solid nine out of ten for me wow yeah I I was watching with my parents and 10 out of 10 did have to look away from <laughs> out of discomfort of having to share the share the room for the moment I will say that to me it seemed um so <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, why are they even kissing each other so much? <laughs> but that I was like, it, it just like didn't write. But I will say at one point I thought like, oh, that looks like it felt good. You know, I do remember specifically one, it was, it was with Hugh Grant and Renee. And I was like, oh, that looks like that actually felt good. Cause usually kissing in movies just looks like it feels terrible to me yeah even yeah. i don't really like watching anyone kiss to be honest usually i'm like <laughs> that's that looks like that would feel bad right <laughs> but, but, and, and a bunch of times in that movie i was like that's not why but um but yeah but at one point i did think oh that would be nice that was pretty good i'm not trying to be contrarian i did think that here's what i think i think the first two-thirds were very dry and then it gets into the end and it seems like, okay, they're like in their rhythm, but there's a lot of like dry lipped sort of like, <laughs> coming at each other sort of situation. I did, yeah. I was just like, this is, this, this is going on a long time with just like open mouth, no tongue kissing. I don't no, think there's a single like person <laughs> in the world that I could sit next to and feel like this was steamy or sexy and be uncomfortable next well time. yeah well that's because we obviously have very different emotions towards <laughs> colin just, <Firth. laughs> yeah. mine's just pure 
pure unrequited love for young think, Colin Firth, old Colin Firth, honestly. Right. He's, he's, yeah. But I, I think they, I think they stick the landing. That's what I think. At the very end, yeah. you're like, oh, that's romantic. Yeah. I he, also think just because like with a lot of like rom-coms we've been watching, I've been noticing like there's like a cop out a lot of times where they'll like do the like head turn where it's like, no, don't no, turn no, your no. head. Don't, <laughs> don't block the action. I don't want to see like your neck passionately undulating. I want to see some mouths touching. <laughs> have, have you guys ever seen a rom-com that addresses and justifies a woman wearing a bra during sex? What <laughs> has, that is... ever been, have, has there ever been a sly line thrown in there to make that seem realistic? Mm, no. Mm. No, like the only like slight justification that I've seen is like a nonverbal one, which is like the passion gets so intense and hot and heavy that like they don't have time to take off all their clothes kind of a thing. That's the right. closest I've seen to that. Yeah, that was definitely funny because she just you're just like, what? They're like, that was the hottest sex I've ever had <laughs> <laughs> with no my boobs. bra on. <laughs> no, that's very true. That's, I will say it is one of the more, I think also probably what was fun and made it like unique for its time was like, um, that like the sex, like the sex talk is very direct. I feel like, I feel like it's like sort of steamy and nasty and like Renee Zellweger is like down with that, which yeah. I feel like it's, I can't really think of a lot of other rom-coms where, um, mm -hmm. like most recently, like long shot with Charlize Theron. It's like, she says some like very direct, nasty sex things, which are like really pop out of the rom-com. It's like, whoa, women don't like get to do that in a rom-com so i think for the, like to go back and see this i'm like that's pretty badass yeah well right from the beginning is like his flirtation is like but i love your tits in that shirt or something <laughs> yeah. and she's just like thumbs up man yeah. we are vibing bro and she's like completely yeah. on board immediately yeah. no it's you definitely have to um uh, you have to sort of um, forget a few things to ha make that work for you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um speaking of like uh kind of things that only exist in rom-com land like women wearing uh bras during sex should we get into trope counting mia yes let's do it i'm gonna tally them up okay awesome awesome so we here at ps i love rom-coms we like to just go through the movie count up tropes our favorite rom-com tropes and see you know how many we can find and i can start us off um uh there was some i thought really lovely narration in this movie sometimes we see narration in rom-coms and it's like only like just at the beginning and just at the end but this was like lovely kind of like narration throughout and it was like really funny as well um i also have um a big i quit scene where mm -hmm. um you know our heroine just when like she's doing well in her job or she, like quits abruptly and there's a really good I quit scene, I think, in this rom-com yeah. where they Best, play the song R-E-S-B-E-C-T, Respect, <laughs> underneath it. Um, and She's everyone's like, I'd like, rather wipe Saddam Hussein's ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty. <laughs> and it's like everyone in the office is like hype men. And they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, applause. Yeah, that was good. I like right. also that that mean um, other office lady was actually on her side at the end. Perpetua, yeah, yeah, that, yeah she gets doesn't be like a one dimensional like mean woman. She gets to like help her get out of the job and like yeah. root for her. Mm -hmm. um, I have a love triangle. There's a love triangle. I have um, a big chase scene at the end. Um, yes, you know Bridget finds out that it, you know Mark was actually the good guy, and she like. Her parents are driving to the Darcy's and she's like, get out of the car, mom. I'm driving. And then she drives in the snow. Um, I have friends obsessed with her love life. She has like, Bridget has like a bunch of really fun friends, each with like a quirky like game, but they're always want to know about her love life. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, oh, she calls them urban family, which I think is cute <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> cute little Britishism. Um, I have makeover sequence, um, where she like gets ready for that big fancy, um, party for the launch of Kafka's motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, there's also a fun rom-com trope where our heroine watches, um, a rom-com, but, um, instead, uh, this is what 
and I'll say this is even more accurate. We have her watching Frasier, which is what I watch when I'm really sad. Mm. Um, she also watches like she watches like Fatal, Attraction. Fatal Attraction, which Fatal I think Attraction. is a fun. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a fun twist on the trope because yeah. normally rom com yeah. heroines will watch another rom com like when they're sad, and she watches Fatal Attraction here, which I feel like is like this movie. This movie is such a twist on the rom com in yeah. like um as like the British would say, what would they call it? Like what's like? Don't they have like a word for naughty? That's like cool. It's like I, think I it forget. might just be naughty. Maybe it's naughty. It's like kind of like a naughty twist on a rom com. Well, like- and they, when they flash to Fatal Attraction, they show Glenn Close get shot in the chest. <laughs> it goes like from the like the most part. gruesome part. I know. It's like I would I would love to compare that actual if you count that shot of Fatal Attraction as a part of Bridget Jones' Diary, it's got to be the most violent rom-com in the history of the genre because that's a brutal like even i was like oh my god i thought well, this movie they was jump like cut it too. they jump cut it from her going like i'm getting old and i won't be able to have children and like that's the intro to it so you kind of think oh this is like a dramatic rom-com or something but then oh, the yeah. next frame they jump cut to her getting shot in the chest. <laughs> so drastic man it's yeah. funny too because like uh, you know, Fatal Attraction is all about like a working woman who, um, yeah. you know, tries to find love and instead gets shot in a bathtub. I mean, well, and the- obviously, but it's like kind of like this is how Bridget sees herself is like no, she like totally. links to Glenn Close. Yeah. Totally. Well, and the scene, the, the scene they choose when Glenn Close is like, this might be my last chance to have a baby. So it's like she is this like sort of like, um, God, I can't think today. What's it like? Whatever she's like, sort of this like spins like uh, I can't think of the word, Is it but like spinster? it's no, yeah, like the what's like I'm thinking of the word where it's old like, maid, yeah, but like the sort of like what what everyone's afraid of happening, right? Like she's like, there's a word. I'll email you guys later when I think. Of <laughs> <laughs> um, we like, just get a one yeah. word email from you later. It's like quintessential, but bad. It's like the, the word is quintessential, but bad. But it's like, yeah, she's like that sort of mm-hmm. like fabled spinster everyone's afraid of all this movie. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, and then, oh, I have... Um, uh ending fake out where mm. Colin Firth reads her diary like he comes over and it's like oh they're gonna they're gonna hook up and then he reads her diary and he leaves and we're like oh no they're breaking yeah. up and then she runs out in the snow in her underwear and uh she like passes a <laughs> a homeless man or I don't know just kind of like a strange person on the street <laughs> and she's like wish me luck and he goes <laughs> good luck crazy lady and then she keeps running and then no he's just buying her a new diary fake out he still swoon swoon and then i have kissing in the snow Mm, yes Mm. those are that's that's what i found mia what did you find Oh, baby. All right. I'm going to run through these because I got a lot. It's, uh, if it's a rom-com, you know it's going to be Christmas time. Um, and that's <laughs> obviously we picked this as a Christmas rom-com, but most rom-coms I feel like have Christmas in them. This has Christmas twice. Um, pressure to get married by older relatives or people you have to call uncle. Um, uh, oh, spinster is the same age as a man. All of the men are her age and single, but only she is a spinster. Mm-hmm. Um, hot mess best friend Jude. Often they have like a best friend who has like awful relationships. Jude calls her from the bathroom. Uh, she works in print media. Like any good rom-com hero or heroine, she works at a publishing house. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Let's see her. Oh, our the people that are fated to be together, her and Mark Darcy, are constantly running into each other. They run into each other at almost any time. They go anywhere. I love it. It's great. It doesn't bug me one bit. I love it. <laughs> um, we had a sort of an easily resolvable misunderstanding, which is that Hugh Grant lies and says that Colin Firth slept, took his fiance away by cheating, but actually it was the reverse. But it's this big mix-up that sets up the whole movie. Um, a lot of rom-coms are based on like lauded work. And so this is uh, based on the, the uh, person who wrote this book is just like, I just took the plot of Pride and Prejudice. She just was like, I watched an interview with her. She was like, I was just watching Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> I just decided to steal the plot <laughs> because she had all these columns that fit. So all those specific, where I actually am with her where she just, it's her specifics, but she just stole a classic plot, which I love. Right. But she named him Mark Darcy, which I love. Um, <laughs> Oh, like someone announces, someone who works with you is like, who you're seeing is like, I'm engaged to someone in this company, which is, uh, we see in the holiday, which I feel like that scene's a complete ripoff of this scene. But um, now it's a trope because it's in multiple ones. 
Um, she's a klutz. She falls off the bike. I know. Um, <laughs> her butt hits the camera when she's going down that fire. Yes. <laughs> Klutzy lady. Uh, we've got a one-dimensional ex in Natasha, who is Miss Honey from Matilda, who's the lady that we're just like, who cares what happened to her? She. Oh, yeah, it's Miss Honey, I think. From oh, my gosh. Yeah. She's so nice in Matilda. So You're nice. Right. What range? What range? Well, yeah, either what? either way too nice or just way <laughs> too mean. She, yeah. she should have gotten an Academy Award nomination. <laughs> yeah, from doing that. Um, oh, this like was weird because I was like, what party were they going to? We have ends at a wedding happens a lot. This the climax was at a wedding party. I have no idea for who at the Darcy's. Oh, she was, I like, think it was their wedding anniversary of the okay. Darcy's so, parents. That's what okay. I think. So I'm then I won't count that because that's not necessarily the same. But I that makes sense. Um, a grand gesture. I thought there were two grand gestures. I thought her awkward speech at the engagement, which is sort of like the does anyone have anyone to say about this marriage? And you're right. like, hey. yeah. so I feel like that's the grand gesture. And then the running out in her underwear is a grand gesture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's sort those, of like those panties oh. were a grand gesture. <laughs> oh, those panties were a grand gesture. So oh yeah, good. love them. Uh, her apartment's too big for her salary, and I think she lives somewhere nice, like Notting Hill or something. So, yeah. Yeah. Too big, big ass apartment. Um, and then, um, oh, our leads hate each other, but then they love each other. So that always happens. Um, oh, and then I think also just because I see this in Legally Blonde, I'm sure it pops up elsewhere, but being the only one dressed in a costume um, when everyone else is not. Um, I was it's kind that. of in Mean yeah. Girls, too, where yeah. she's oh, in like yeah. a. Yeah. In like a like a scary scary costume, and everybody yeah. else is like <laughs> kind of in sexy, sexy costumes. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, just like I doesn't think get the memo. Yeah, you're like in an embarrassing costume with the context dead. Yeah. Oh, and then the leads are uh, both. They're all heterosexual and they're all white, which are tropes we don't like, but just are are just of the genre up into a certain point. Um, Close minded. Um, <laughs> okay. So that's that's. So oh, I, I also have. have oh, I yes. have um childhood flashback in the credits. Yes. Ooh, oh, which I don't like that video. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. It was really weird. That's like they made it just the worst. Yeah, I mean, it's like they made her do like a little, I don't know, manic pixie dream girl <laughs> thing as a baby. And it's like, that's not even how she was in real life. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird thing to put on a little kid. Yeah, and, and she's like a topless four-year-old in it. And then at one point, the like eight-year-old Colin Firth is like pulling on his collar being like, hubba hubba. And I'm like, uncomfortable. I'm like, well, no. He, yeah. he looks like he's like 12. And then she's yeah. like, you know, four or five. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't love that. Yucky. Um, did you guys see any tropes that we missed? Mm, I, to me, it feels like a trope that her parents are also going through something. <gasps> yes. Ooh. Um, and yeah, I guess you kind of said it, but just the sort of like uh, grand gesture, but also just like pu- like vast public humiliation. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a different one. You're right. Like a big public scene. Yeah. yeah. Failure. Yeah. Just, it was actually really crazy that every single person in the movie was white. And the only person who wasn't white was the wife we didn't see who the mom just keeps calling Japanese people a cruel race. Oh yeah, that is a joke that does not age well. Yeah. They say like three or four times. Yeah, they, 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 they hammered, they came back. They circled around a couple of times. Oh. I think that was the only even mention of somebody who was not white in the whole movie, right? Yeah, you're correct. Yes. I can't, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that, uh, yeah, also not aging well. Not aging well on that front. <laughs> um, but guys, that is, takes us to 5, 10, 15, 20. 29 tropes, which is very Whoa, high. Wow. 29 tropes. Very, very high. Well done. For sure, a rom com. For sure, we watched a rom com. <laughs> <laughs> watched a rom com. Because I swear I really wasn't sure. <laughs> maybe, it was a, maybe it was a horror, but it was a rom com. This was definitely a rom com that we watched. Okay, so I think it's now time to rate this rom-com now that we've counted tropes um now we here at psi love rom-coms have an ever-changing list of top five rom-coms uh the list started off with the top five highest grossing rom-coms but over the last couple of months we've watched more and more films and we voted in and voted off many a rom-com and as of now here are our top five rom-coms we have the best man when harry met sally love and basketball Dirty Dancing, and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. 
Ooh. So now, oh, it's a good list. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, yeah. But if we choose today, we can put Bridget Jones's diary on that list, but we have to unanimously agree to vote off one of those other top five to replace it with. I don't know my be the best man, so I can't. I don't speak know that on one that. either. That I can't would be speak the only on one that I'd one, but yeah. definitely you can't vote off any of the other four. For yeah, sure. yeah, and the, the best man is like, oh, it's it's a banger. So I think I think you guys would like it. So it's hard. Yeah, yeah I I agree. I don't think it can knock off any of the top five. I will put it on my personal top five with <laughs> twenty seven dresses and forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, and I think in terms of our Christmas list, which I believe right now goes Love Actually, Serendipity, A Christmas Prince, I think Bridget Jones goes right to the top for me. I would say that because I've never heard of any of those ones. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you never heard of Love Actually? Uh, I've never seen it. I've heard of Love Actually. Oh. And then the, the other ones, no, never. Oh, and A Family Stone is on the list. I, I think it's Stone. after Love Actually. I think it's yeah, Love it Actually, is. Family Stone, Serendipity. Stone. Oh, Christmas, Christmas Prince. Prince. Yeah, I'd say I have to agree with you, Mia. I feel like yes, I I I love I love Bridget Jones's Diary. Um, uh, but I, I again, I don't think it's doing anything new with the genre. I mean, what what like the newer aspect is that we see a a female lead that is relatable and it's not um it's not some kind of like fantasy woman but like somebody who i think is like a real woman and i feel like that part of it is very exciting and new to watch um but in terms of like is it adding anything new to the genre no because it's just remaking pride and prejudice um in modern day uh, like a lot of like the tropes and and stuff are the same um and i feel like they're yeah. So I, but I, I'll, I'll put it as the top Christmas one because it's pretty Christmassy and I like it better than love actually, uh, <laughs> which is another Richard Curtis one. Um, I did rewatch a Christmas Prince the other day. I'm not going to lie. I rewatched a Christmas Prince. After we just watched it. Like, yes. I watched it again. Um, <laughs> um, so it hurts me that the Christmas Prince is on the bottom, but um uh, yep. So, but I would I would put Bridget Jones at the top. Nice. Okay. Amazing. What about you guys? Where, where, how are you feeling about Bridget Jones? Do you think she deserves to be at the top, or I, we don't? I don't know the other Christmas movies Never you, seen you were just saying, but I I thought it was I actually sort of liked it as a Christmas movie almost better than I liked it as a rom com. Yeah. You know? Oh wow. Like, there was something about like the cycling through of like multiple Christmases and like. I thought it actually really did work as a Christmas movie. So I, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure that I agree with you. I liked Renee Zellweger and I liked her uh, like portrayal of Bridget Jones. So I think that I like her being on the top something list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, amazing. Okay. We're all unanimous. That's fantastic. Now it's time for our final segment, reality check. In this segment, we test out the tropes and plot devices in the rom-coms we've just watched and see if they hold up in the real world. This week, we want to look at the rom-com trope of I quit scenes. In a lot of rom-coms, we see our hero heroine dramatically quit their job or walk out of their big presentation. We see this in films such as Two Week Notice, Hitch, etc. But have any of us ever dramatically quit in our real lives? What about it, guys? Have any of you ever dramatically quit a job? Have you? I mean, I've been pretty dramatic at my job multiple times i don't right, know if it was but a, it's not quitting, it's not it's quitting. i should have gotten fired a lot of times uh, <laughs> for being dramatic and um nick i've one sort time of got in a fight we used to work at the same bar in chicago and nick got into an argument with a customer who came up and said hey man like we want to try the shot wheel and then he's like i get he's like is it any good and he goes i guess if you like that kind of thing <laughs> And Nick goes, listen, man, you're not even in my universe right now. And the manager came up to me because I'm the one who helped him get the job. And he's like, I don't know what to do. Nick is yelling. <laughs> yeah, I no, I and then I also, when I was on my way out, had some uh, pretty dramatic interactions with my bosses and stuff. But I then I I have I have quit uh waiting tables at places that i know that were like treated me really terribly right like 
awful managers that are like punitive. Like, I don't know if you guys have worked in restaurants, but like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Like where they'll go, like you just work with, I used to work at this place and start at like 6am or 5.30am and work like nine hours, right. Or more. So you like, it's a brutal shift and it's like pancakes and it's insane. And then at the end, they want you to do this like side work and then they'll be like, okay, like you didn't put like, there's seven equals in your sugar caddy. And and then they like go through and count them. And then like, like that kind of job that I yeah. will not show up on a Sunday, like a busy Sunday. Yeah. Muriel, Muriel's times. ghosted a lot of jobs like, and left them high and dry. On <laughs> and I know that it's going to be really fucked up, but it's like, feels so good not to go in. I've done that like a nice solid amount of time, but I've never like, walked out yeah, mid-shift like, yeah like you you're cool you're cool fuck you i'm out yeah kind of i could have i mean i definitely <laughs> i definitely like i could have but i haven't yeah have no guys- i i've been in that same scenario as you mariel where i've i've worked in the service industry for like years and so i've and it's like you if you get stuck with a horrible boss like you are so screwed and I there know, is like so because it's it's just like someone on a power trip and there's like nothing you can do except sort of treat, treat the job as disposable but so yeah. I have never done a big I quit scene I would have loved to but I wasn't like quite in my power at this time but what happens is like if I surpass the I should have quit moment what I will do and it is not sad because it's like this is how some people process their emotions I if I go past a certain point I will just start crying on the job and I can't stop <laughs> so, like, and it, like, my, so I've done this in multiple jobs where it's like I just get too tired it's like if I don't sleep enough it's like I, I had this thing where I had like an improv practice from like 8 to 10 an improv class from like uh like uh 10 30 to like three hours later and then I would go straight to a serving shift one of my managers who I was like really close with all of a sudden got like really mean as well and then it was like I had a table of like a huge party it was like one of my coworkers came in it was her birthday she had a party of like 12 and they all wanted separate checks and they all because they had to make a movie and they wanted it like right now and then I got sat another huge party of 12 and then I had a whole section and my manager wouldn't help me because he was like upset about something so it's completely on my own and as a server you get put in situations that are just like unfair that like no human could actually handle and so it's like the again this lady just caught me on a tired day I was put in a situation I couldn't handle and I just forgotten this lady's wine like two times and I went back to her table and she just said something like kind of nasty to me and that was it and I just was <laughs> oh, like no. in the bathroom crying couldn't and then the man and I was just like I have to go home and the me manager was like fine just like go close out your tables so I go to this one couple and I'm closing them out and they're like, are you okay? And they're like, did that woman say something to you? And I was like, yeah, but it's okay. I just forgot her wine. <laughs> and so then they went up to confront her <laughs> and we're like, I hope it was worth it. Cause I'm just like crying and I can't stop just cause I'm tired. And then, so then like a week later, I actually do put in my notice. And then, so then I go to put in my two weeks notice to the manager who I was tight with and then became mean. And I give it to him and I start crying and then he starts crying. <laughs> and Ollie's trying to be like very supportive of me in this moment, but her mic isn't working. But yeah, so it's like, <laughs> it kind of was a big emotional like quit moment, but I guess like just, you know, processed through someone who has very sensitive emotions and when they don't sleep um, is pr- and is overly stressed, is prone to crying, which I want to normalize in the workplace okay where it's like very normal for managers to scream at people but it's like oh if a woman cries it's like no no (laughs) but um yeah so I've done that more than once at a job I just am realizing I did do something kind of crazy but it wasn't that crazy (laughs) I I put in my notice I was after I put in my notice and I didn't straight up like quit like walk out that day but I had a manager who was just such a garbage person and he would come in every morning and be like, hey guys, having a good day? Are you feeling like smiling today? Like really forceful and shitty. And I hated him. And he came in one time and his eyes were bright red, like cherry tomatoes. And he said somehow he had scratched both of his corneas. Oh my God. Like at the gym or something like that. So I was, so like maybe the day before was my last day. I just, I, I think we were in the kitchen and he said something, and I said, get the fuck out of here with your scratched ass corneas. <laughs> and then he put me in the back room and wouldn't see me at the table. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was close. 
I think <laughs> I'm definitely like, I guess now yeah, I'm remembering. Yeah. I'm remembering. That's right. You're and good. then R-E-S-B-C-T started playing underneath you. <laughs> R-E-S-E-E-C-T. <laughs> where, mine was, where mine was all by yourself starts playing. <laughs> I don't care. That's how I express anger. Is like, that's right, fine. Um, that, is, that works. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Allie, have you ever quit? Um, not, nothing as exciting as either of those uh, <laughs> stories. Mine was just like, I, I was working, um, at Mel's diner and I booked a role in a indie movie and, um, I was like, Hey, can I get time off? I booked a movie and I'm really excited about it. And they were like, no. And then I was just like, oh, okay, this is my two weeks notice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, I can, it's a way harder to book a movie than it is to just find another serving job so. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah oh, that's yeah. that's the way to do it i've definitely quit pretty decent jobs over they won't let me do a musical on a friday or something yeah it's like oh, okay same. well this is not my priority I like can, at all i'll get <laughs> no. another graveyard shift um so, right. so um but, no yeah. and once you realize you can do that it's so empowering yeah like once you're just like oh i will just quit this like yeah i will just quit this job if it if it ever doesn't work for me and it's like i wish like bridget jones like we everyone could apply that to their job that if anyone is ever uncomfortable or like unhappy in the workplace that it's just like oh you're not treating me well okay bye i'm an r-e-s-b-c-t yeah, <laughs> yeah and then r-e-s-b-c-t place um cool um, so i think i think reality check checks out we you so. know um, in our in different ways, we've all had our I quit scenes. Um, and that wraps up our pod. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Ooh, making so fun. You Thank, Thank you for, for exposing us. us to new things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Join us in our weird world of uh, dream of romantic dream logic. British men. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you guys have any social media things to promote or important romance advice for our listeners? Yes. Important romance advice. Listen to our podcast. Okay. <laughs> we're so in love and everything we talk about on the podcast is basically love and fighting so yes we give you the um, other side of the coin we're like the other side of you know like you see the romantic comedy side and the other side it's like the functional uh you know fight it outside how to be married <laughs> for 15 years yeah. kind of shit. what happens yeah. after the end of the rom-com that's right yeah. just like in bridget jones when she crosses out the end and writes the beginning yeah boom boom that's what this is. Yeah, a very, very long beginning. Uh, you can find us <laughs> at Hella in Your 30s on all the social media stuff, and you can find Hella in Your 30s anywhere you listen to podcasts. We can drop new episodes every Monday. Oh, and this whole, like, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but our whole, like, end of the year into the New Year holiday um, slate of episodes are all really exciting. We're super pumped. <gasps> Ooh, this comes out, I think, on them out. Christmas yeah. Eve. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. By then we will have had a bunch of really cool episodes uh, having just recently came out. Oh, cool. Well, check them out, guys. Oh my gosh. Check them out. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a new episode out every week. And remember to subscribe and rate. And we are brought to you by the fine people at Campfire Media. And P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Yes. I love rom-coms. Merry Christmas, everyone. Alan Blake Bachelor here, the co-creator and head writer of One Million Musicals. Gasp! What's that beneath your tree? Why, it's a shiny new One Million Musicals Christmas special just for you. The South Pole Santa Claus. For the South Pole Santa Claus is there for you when you a star-studded cast that includes Broadway's Ron Bomer, Kaylin Fu, Cody Jameson-Strand, Sandra Joseph, John Pinto Jr., Teddy Trice, and starring Corey Jones as the South Pole Santa Claus. Coming December 21st, subscribe to One Million Musicals on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
fire. <laughs>